With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I've got a bunch of people on the internet who want to kick my ass. A bunch of people on the internet want to kick my ass because I say things on the internet because I post funny stuff on the internet. (laughs) (coughs) Good morning, afternoon, evening, and welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast about the Kansas City Royals that is sometimes daily, sometimes I have other things to be doing, like pondering my existence, or why I put up with some things. That's a heavy way to start this episode. Uh, I apologize. Uh, as usual, I, 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 I never get enough sleep in my life. If you ever saw what I look like in real life, it'd, it'd probably speak for itself. I look like someone who doesn't sleep ever because I really don't sleep ever. I sleep during the day, usually, and work at night, usually. So last night I worked. And today I had no sleep because it was a pretty long day for the Royals as they had a doubleheader against the Chicago White Sox. A doubleheader that they split. They lost the first game 0 to 3 and then won the second game. Two to one. So, you know, a doubleheader like this, ideally, you obviously want to win every game. You know, ideally, an ideal baseball season is you win 162 games. But realistically, winning one game during the day in a doubleheader situation, um, that's fine. That's passable. However, man, the, the first game that we lost three to nothing was... One of the worst games this season. There are many candidates for worst game of this season. There's a 17-3 and game that was like the third game of the season or something. Uh, there's the the game that uh, Jake Brents blew in Seattle. You're probably thinking, which one? Ha 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 ha. Exactly. There, there are some, we've had some real bad games, but this is up there. The Even though it was only 3 to nothing, which doesn't seem like it would be all that bad of a game. No, a 3 to nothing game was one of the worst games that the Royals played this season. However, it was somewhat um, remedied. I feel a little bit better about the Royals after the second game that they won, 2-1. to one. Um, no, no offense, as usual, which is normal. I, I saw some people being like, oh man, Mike, uh, uh, what's his name, Zumwalt, Alex Zumwalt, sorry. I don't know why I said Mike. Uh, Mike Tosar, that's why I said... Uh, Mike, yeah, the other guy's name is Mike. Anyway, Alex Zumwalt, oh yeah, real progress he's making with this team. (laughs) Like, bro, Alex Zumwalt is not going to fix every issue that the Royals have overnight. It's going to be a very slow process. Uh, It's complicated, all right? Baseball's been around for like 150 years. It's not just as easy as, oh, look, a ball, I'm going to hit it with a stick. Wow, (laughs) Oh, so easy. It, 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 there are lots of intricacies about it. I, I can't exactly tell you about them because I don't know how to play baseball. I haven't played baseball since I was like 
eight years old, a wee boy in like 2019. I'm just kidding. I'm not that young. Oh, I wish I was, though. That would be cool. But in any case, yeah, no offense today whatsoever. However, like I said, the second game we won, and that makes me feel a little bit better. But And so it's, it's going to be hard kind of structuring this podcast and kind of atoning this podcast because I don't entirely know if I should, you know, speak ill of the Royals and be like super upset and disappointed with the Royals, kind of like I was uh, a few hours ago after that first game. Because, you know, the second game was good and there were some really, really good things that happened about it. And actually one really important thing that makes me genuinely excited for the Royals moving forward, which is something that can't be said for many things about the Royals. But getting that new hitting coach and then this other thing that happened today with the second game, it's like, oh, you know, there is still hope for this team. I'm not saying that it's like it's everything's there's still there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There is absolutely a ton of work that needs to be done. There are still many changes that need to be made. There are still many things that need to go right. And I, and there's this possibility that they will, they will still fail. Understandably. But at least there is still something to look forward to with the Royals this season. Now, let's talk about this first game first. Because... I mean, it was the first game. So we, like I said, Royals lost three to nothing. That doesn't seem too bad. Let's actually talk about the pitching first. The pitching was adequate, I guess. Jonathan Heasley came out. Uh, he pitched five innings, which is like for the Royals, like five innings is like the best they could do most of the time. So it's like fine. Gave up three runs. Wasn't great. Uh, he had three walks and only one strikeout. He had some pretty long at-bats. So he, he kind of battled, but, you know, he still kept us in the game. I'm not particularly upset with Heasley's performance. It wasn't, like, great, and it's kind of it just kind of seems to be the normal thing with the Royals where they can't really just get that third strike a lot of the time. But at least Heasley, you know, he, he kept us in the game. He was, like, adequate. I would say he was adequate, and I have another comment um, about him that I will save for later because it kind of ties into uh, the second game. And then Amir Garrett came in. He pitched an inning. Fine. Scoreless. Joel Piamps, or Yoel Piamps. I'm sorry. His name's kind of strange. Uh, he, he threw three scoreless innings. And, you know, Yoel Piamps, I have never really thought much of this guy, and I was actually kind of surprised that he was – still on the team after last season. I kind of figured he would be like a non-tender candidate last season. So, yeah, I can't really say I had much expectations for this guy. And even still moving forward, I don't entirely know if I still have expectations for this guy. I don't, I'm not really sure what to expect. But I will say that recently, this guy has come out of the bullpen and pitched multiple innings at a time, and he has been fantastic in this role. And... Today, or yesterday rather, for you guys who are listening, going three scoreless in relief is huge for the Royals right now. Because we are in a stretch of games. We, we do not have an off day until next Wednesday. And we haven't had an off day since May 7th. We are in this super long, daunting stretch of the season where we have 18 games in... Yeah, 18 games in 17 days. All right, this is just absolutely brutal 
for 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 all for everyone on the team. Like it is just such a marathon that we are running. So the Royals, you know, the 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 team that is always getting just five innings out of their starters. Like they are they are the team that uses their bullpen the most. They've really taxed their bullpen, and that's probably why over the course of May, it hasn't been as good as it was back in April. That's what kind of like why some pitchers may be falling apart because we have just been so reliant on this bullpen, right? So this stretch of the season, this stretch of the month where we have no off days in sight whatsoever, like it is so important to preserve your bullpen as much as possible. And that is definitely what Mike Matheny is trying to do. You know, if it seems like he might be leaving in a starter a little bit too long, which you could kind of say was the case with Heasley, like understandable but look you just can't go to your bullpen before the fifth inning you or, or before the sixth inning like you have to get at least five from your starting like you have to it doesn't matter like if, if he if he dies he dies that's kind of the the situation they're in because you cannot just throw in six relievers every single game so this is all to say Piamps coming out for three innings is huge you now get through that game using just two of your relievers in a double header and again seven more games ahead of you before an off day that is just going to be that 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 like like you i can't understate the importance of that that is just so great for the royals and and again piams has been doing this he's done that a few times this season where he's come out thrown more than an inning one, like either one plus or two or maybe even three innings. I think he had another appearance one time where he threw with three innings. Yeah, this guy he's he he's been solid. He's a he's been a quiet MVP of this bullpen for the last few weeks. So that's my uh, compliments to this game because there is nothing to compliment <laughs> with the hitting. And I will say, look, we are we did go up against. Dylan Cease, who is the leading strikeout pitcher in baseball. This guy has a strikeout through nine above 13. This guy will strike out everybody. It's fine. So I'm not going to be mad at the Royals for striking out 14 times today. All right. Obviously, that doesn't look great. But considering that the Royals are consistently a low strikeout team, the fact that this team is actually, this surprised me. I did not know this about the Royals. They are actually the lowest in the majors when it comes to striking out. I, I really would not expect that, especially since a couple of years ago when we had like Mondesi and Soler and Salvi and Dozier all in the lineup. And it's like we just load our lineup with strikeout guys one after another. And, you know, every game it's like, oh, we're strike out, striking out 20 times. It's like... Man, it's the the fact that we're we're now the 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 best at not striking out somehow doesn't mean we're a good offense, but uh, okay. So I'm not gonna get mad at the Royals for striking out 14 times. That's not the problem. The problem is the Royals just absolutely like how do you even phrase this in a way that seems appropriate? Like they just stuffed their foot in their mouths over and over and over and over again. It was non-stop. They could not score a run to save their lives. It was absolutely abysmal, hitting-wise. This, I mean, which you know, is a common problem with the Royals. They just cannot hit 
with runners in scoring position whatsoever. They get a leadoff double. First inning, it happens. Whit Merrifield gets a leadoff double. Whit Merrifield's actually getting hits now. It's great. We love to see it. And then, nope, everyone strikes out. Benintendi flies out on the first pitch. Great. Salvi strikes out. Ryan O'Hearn strikes out. Because Ryan O'Hearn's in the lineup, apparently. He's starting, and he's batting fourth. Well, thank God for that. He struck out in the first inning. All right, cool. How about the third inning? You've got Nicky Lopez. He leads off with a walk. Great. Whit Merrifield swings at the first pitch. He gets he gets out. Cool. Uh, but then Andrew Benintendi walks. All right, great. So now you got two guys on, one out. Salvi strikes out. Ryan O'Hearn strikes out. That's now twice that Salvi and Ryan O'Hearn have both struck out with guys on base. And then, fourth inning, leadoff hitter gets on base, singles, and then nothing. Uh, actually, this was probably the most insane thing I've seen the Royals do. The, the most lunatic moment that the Royals have pulled off this season so far. You know, so Hunter Dozier gets on base. He 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 gets he gets a hit. He singles. Great job. Awesome. All right, Bobby Wood Jr. flies out. MJ Melendez strikes out. All right, not looking good. Kyle Isbell gets a hit. Oh, cool. All right, so that's going to get Hunter Dozier from first to third. No. Suddenly, Hunter Dozier is running home as the throw comes into second base. Like, Hunter Dozier was sent home while the second baseman had the baseball, this this was like it's you know there was this thing that's been said about Alex Zumwalt, our shiny new hitting coach, about how he was actually responsible for the Lorenzo Kane play in the ALCS Game Six, twenty fifteen. All right, when Eric Hosmer singled and it scored Kane from first to third because. Bautista in right field through to second base as opposed to trying to make for a throw home. Yeah, that situation was like predetermined. It was predicted. It was scouted by Alex Zumwalt. So that was something that was said about him to, just to like show off how, how smart this guy is. It's just like, like that play is probably my favorite thing about the entire 2015 Royals because it was just such a big brain moment that really defines the Royals and really was the difference maker in that series. Because if you ask me, I think the Blue Jays were a better team. On paper, on paper, because, I mean, they weren't a better team considering that they lost. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that play is just so insane. Anyway, I'm saying this because, you know, that got shared around on social media. It's like, oh, that that's what this guy is capable of. And it's like they tried recreating that but with Hunter Dozier and with like a single to like left or left center or something, I don't I don't remember where it was hit. But like it was not at all. It wasn't even it wasn't even close to being close. Okay, when you look at the highlight of this play, the catcher gets the ball, and, and you know that that angle where they have the top down view pointed right at the catcher, right? You don't even see Dozier on the base paths yet. He hasn't even come into frame by the time Grandal, I think he was catching at that time, gets the ball. It was just 
like the most embarrassing thing I've seen in a minute, which it was probably the most embarrassing thing I've seen since the last time we had some crazy weird send of Hunter Dozier, sending him home on a hit that had absolutely no business scoring anybody. It's, it's like they don't understand that Hunter Dozier is actually slow. They're sending him like he's a fast runner. He is not a fast runner, guys. What what are you doing? And don't get mad at Hunter Dozier, okay? You know, reactionary take would be like, oh, it's Hunter Dozier's fault for running. He's instructed to run by the third base coach, Vance Wilson. It's his fault, okay? And even in the past when Dozier has been sent on weird plays, it it's either Vance Wilson's fault or, well, yeah, it is Vance Wilson's fault for either sending him or not giving a clear message to send, as I think has happened in the past. So clearly there are several bizarre uh, coaching tendencies with the Royals that need to be sorted out, preferably sooner rather than later. But this was just, I mean, this is just something that it's a problem that is caused by another problem. The problem is that the Royals cannot hit when they have runners on base. When they have runners in scoring position, Hunter Dozier wasn't in scoring position, but let's just say for the sake of arguing, when the Royals get any guy, any guy on base, especially in scoring position, they cannot bring the runner home. Okay? And that causes them to make these stupid, stupid plays. These stupid plays, absolutely bird brain plays that like it's not gutsy, it's not bold, it's not like smart, it's just stupid. It's just the most desperate attempt to force something to happen. Like you you really just you're just playing the odds basically, but you're not even smart about it. it it's just it's just ridiculous, dude. It's not about taking risks. It's not about being gutsy. It's just stupid because there, there's a difference between the two, right? It just doesn't make any sense to do that. But the Royals just feel compelled to make these insane decisions where they need to send the runner home when they really shouldn't. Or they need, need to make these contact plays. They need to emphasize sacrifice plays because they can't just hit normally. It's just a problem caused by another problem. It's systemic. It just doesn't end. And unfortunately, the misery didn't end for the Royals and the and the hitting in this game because once again, fifth inning, leadoff guy, he get he gets on base. All right, uh, next guy up, Whit Merrifield, he grounds out. Uh, but it's not a double play, fortunately. So uh, you've actually got Nicky Lopez on second instead. All right, great. Um, no, never mind. Nicky Lopez was out on second. So, fine. So, you ground out, but it's not a double play. It's one out. All right. Benintendi strikes out. Great. Okay. Uh, Salvi gets a hit. So, that's cool. Salvi gets a hit. Now, you've got, uh, Whit Merrifield on third base. And who's up next? Oh, yeah. Right. Ryan O'Hearn is in the slide. So, Ryan O'Hearn gets to hit now. He grounds out. Isn't it great that Ryan O'Hearn is batting fourth? Not not the guy who, you know, look, I know we don't have a ton of good hitters in this lineup, but I will say Hunter Dozier has an OPS plus of 120. He's 
statistically and objectively an above average hitter. I know that might be hard to believe sometimes, but he is. You could, you could do, I'm just saying you could do a little better than Ryan O'Hearn. I mean, if we if we're going to use OPS plus, which I kind of like using because it's easy. 100 is average. If you're below 100, you're below average. You're above 100. You're above average. Oh, oh, what a cool stat. You know what Ryan O'Hearn is at? 62. Although that's from uh, yesterday. I, I haven't actually seen what it'll uh, say today. So it's probably lower than that. And I'm just saying, who's above 62? Lots of guys. Bobby Witt Jr. is above 62. Michael A. Taylor's above 62. He's another guy who you probably wouldn't think is hitting all that well, but he's got an OPS plus of 95. Who would have thunk that Michael A. Taylor would actually be a kind of okay hitter? I'm getting lost in this. It's just ridiculous, man. Uh, so, that's cool. Seventh inning. Nicky Lopez doubles. Great. Whit Merrifield walks. Wow, that's rare. Cool. Awesome. Andrew Benintendi walks. <gasps> what? Oh, dude, no way. Bases loaded. No outs. Perfect situation. The guy pitching is Joe Kelly. You remember Joe Kelly? That guy who was a meme for like a couple months because he wore a cool jacket and he made fun of the Astros. He made fun of he made a funny face. He was like at Jose Altuve or, or maybe it was it was someone who who the hell cares? Some some asshole from the Astros anyway. Yeah, great. Uh he's actually not a good pitcher, it turns out, at least not right now. He's got an ERA of 27 going into this game, which is a little unfair because it's only been a couple innings. But still, you, you can tell. I mean, the fact that he just loaded the bases without recording it out probably speaks for itself. This guy's not pitching very well. And now you've got him with the bases loaded, no outs. What could possibly go wrong here? Well, Salvador Perez actually gets taken out of the game. Turns out he sprained his thumb. So he's going to the 10-day IL. That's wonderful. Just what we needed. Salvi to go to the DL. I mean, I know Salvi doesn't hit the best, and he wasn't hitting the best yesterday, but wow. Of all the things that we needed right now, that was not one of them. Great. Well, in any case, who gets to hit? Carlos Santana. And you know what? Look, I know you guys really don't like Carlos Santana. But if there's anything that this guy does, it's that he takes walks. Joe Kelly has just walked the last two guys. He walked with Merrifield. Whit Merrifield never walks. Come on, bro. This is easy. It's too easy. All Santana needs to do is basically not swing the bat. Just let him, let him walk you. It'll be so easy. And you know what happens with Santana? You know what he does? He strikes out swinging. Okay. Fine. One out. No base. And the base is loaded. It's fine. It's okay. Oh. Ryan O'Hearn gets to bat now. I forgot about that. 
because Salvi got injured. So we had to pinch hit for him using Santana, who would normally pinch hit for Ryan O'Hearn if we needed to pinch hit Santana at some point or sub Santana in for anybody. But instead, he has to sub in for Salvi, not O'Hearn. So O'Hearn gets to continue playing. You know what Ryan O'Hearn does? He strikes out swinging! No. No, it's not happening. No. How is this happening? They're not even they're not even swinging at good pitches. Carlos Santana, he didn't have any pitches in the zone. He had like one pitch in the zone. And he swung at three of them. No. No, it's not happening. This can't be happening. Alright. But look, not all hope is lost. I know it's two outs, but look, Hunter Dozier is up. And as I just explained, Hunter Dozier is great. I know it might seem hard to believe sometimes, but Hunter Dozier is actually a good hitter this year. He can do it. If anybody can if anybody can do it at this point, it's him. It's him. It's absolutely him. He can do it. He's our guy. He's the best man for the job. I believe in him. I have confidence in him. First pitch, nowhere. Ball one. Awesome. Second pitch, it was a kind of in the zone. Okay, he fouls it off. All right. Fine. Third pitch. Nowhere. Ball two. Joe Kelly still has no idea what he's doing. He can't throw at all. Pitch four. Nowhere. It almost hits Dozier in the face. It's so bad. It's a horrible pitch. Oh. Oh, finally. We might actually score. We might get something here. The fifth pitch. It's so far outside. Hunter Dozier swings at it and pops out to the second baseman. Inning over. And at that moment, I decided that I was going to become the Joker because I support a team of clowns! Just no, man. Just no. Just no. This is why we can't have nice things. Truly a sad day. Truly a sad, disappointing, infuriating day. Horrible. Horrible and awful. I don't even know what else to say. That's just bad. It's just bad. It's peak Royals hitting in 2022. Getting Noble Tigered like that when you're losing. Just a sad, sorry state of affairs. Look, I know we rant about Ryan O'Hearn every single day. It never ends. And it's never going to end as long as as long as you as long as <laughs> Ryan O'Hearn is so cursed that I can't even talk about him properly. That's how bad it is. I can't even say things properly when talking about Ryan O'Hearn. I get tongue-tied. 
It's a literal curse. But Ryan O'Hearn, he is like a curse. We're not gonna compl- we're not gonna stop complaining about him until he goes away. And unfortunately for him, there's probably nothing he can do about it um, except maybe hit 300 with like 30 home runs in a season. I don't know if he did that. I guess we'd be impressed, but he's probably not going to do that. At least I don't expect him to do that. Hey, I'd love to be proven wrong. Just saying that would be a start. Anyway, I know we talk about him and complain about him all the time. But I want to say this. The Royals fan base, like we might be loud on the internet and all, but I would say when you go to Kauffman Stadium, you get a pretty relaxed setting. Obviously, the people who go to Royals games, they understand the team. I mean, at least a lot of them. I mean, some people just go out with their families. It's like, ooh, fun day at the park with the family. You know, like, things like that, right? But obviously, you get the people who, you know, watch baseball analytically, you know, like we do, I guess. This is all just to say that Kaufman is a pretty relaxed place, and the people who attend it, tend to be a a fairly fair weather bunch not a ve- not the most competitive fan base or environment right we don't boo our players if they're doing poorly right we're not like the yankees booing john carlos stanton when he strikes out four times in a day okay royals fans just like don't ever boo their players ryan o'hearn got booed when he struck out with the bases loaded. That is... That... that uh, It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen with this team. With this fan base. The last time I've seen this happen. The last time I remember this happening. Was Joaquim Soria in 2016. That was the last time I can remember. People booing Royals players. In Kauffman Stadium. That is how bad it is with Ryan O'Hearn. Like that speaks volumes I think. And why they continue to let him play. Let alone start. Is beyond me. Because we certainly don't want it. And we do not appreciate it. And you know. There is something to be said. You know we've been a. We've been uh, blessed by some absolutely wonderful press conferences from J.J. Piccolo and Dayton Moore talking about things, the team struggling. They kind of want to frame this as like, okay, it's kind of everybody's fault, which does have some truth to it, because when it comes down to it, it is the players who are expected to play. So if they're not playing well, then yeah. They do share some responsibility. They do they they should take some responsibility. But at the same time, like who's really at fault? Like is it the players for not playing well or is it the management for putting these players in situations where they're not going to succeed or rather just not using the best players that you have available or something like that. You get what I'm saying? Basically my point is sure we can be like like it is Ryan O'Hearn's fault for not hitting well, but it's also the organization's fault for just putting Ryan O'Hearn in the lineup. Like if if something is if you just keep trying something and it's failing, 
like, sure, maybe you can look at it and be like, okay, well, this thing sucks, but, like, you're you're the one who's still trying it. At some point, you gotta stop. You gotta stop and move on. Because it, it, it's not working. Why, why would you ever have Ryan O'Hearn bat forth in any situation? You know, we're actually, it's almost to the point where, like, we've, seen Ryan O'Hearn so much lately that it's almost like some people are coming back around to liking him slightly because he has, you know, he does deserve some credit. He has had some success in pinch hit appearances. He actually has. All right. <laughs> it's crazy. But like, yeah, he hit, hit like an insane home run in the Rocky series. And I think had another base hit in a pinch hit appearance. Like, sure, dude. Okay. They're also like, man, the Royals broadcast team is like really patting him on on the back for the the four pinch hit home runs, which apparently is a Royals record. I didn't realize that. I mean, I know Ryan McBroom had three in 2020, but I thought that was the record for like a single season. I didn't realize that no one has hit four pinch hit home runs across their entire careers for the Royals or something like that. I don't, I don't know, dude. Whatever. The point of that, I'm, that I've been making about all this is just like that, you know, again, players being bad, like, sure, you can hold them accountable for being bad. But it's also a matter of, like, we expect you to use the best options available. And are you really using the best options available when you're hitting Ryan O'Hearn fourth? When you're starting him when he's been like, what, two for 20-something as a starter? So far, it's ridiculous, dude. Come on. I don't know, man. That was just a bad game. It was bad. It was bad and it sucked. But maybe, somewhat fortunately, there was a second game to be played. Which, you know, I say fortunately, even though I was really not looking forward to it. Um... Because not only was I just frustrated with the team, so it's like, oh boy, we get to watch more of the Royals hitters. Yay! So excited for that. But also, Brady Singer was the starter for today. Brady Singer is back. He's back with the Major League team. He's back from his AAA assignment where he learned how to throw a changeup. And, you know, he's looked good in AAA. Credit where it's due. But I wasn't sure what to expect from him. I I really just had no idea. All bets were off. Like, he could be, he could get totally blown up because, like, he hasn't completely gotten the feel for the changeup or something like that. He could just have, like, a mediocre start where it's like, I don't know, something like Daniel Lynch in St. Louis where it's like, okay, there were some good pitches in there and there there were some moments of brilliance but like it just didn't work out entirely well there were some mistakes that he made whatsoever uh whatsoever i don't know why i said whatsoever uh, my brain's fried <laughs> you know like i uh, i'm just saying i wasn't sure what to expect but i didn't expect what we actually got which is the most important thing and probably a, a really good thing because this was basically the best possible outcome. Brady Singer, in his first start of 2022 at the Major League level, threw 
seven scoreless innings, four hits, zero walks, nine strikeouts. This man threw 93 pitches and 70 of them were strikes. This was the second best start that Brady Singer has ever had. It has to be said that it's the second best because the best start that Singer has ever had was his near perfecto or near no hitter or whatever it was back in 2020. That forever will be his best start unless he can actually throw a no hitter or a perfect game or do something like absolutely insane like have another eight scoreless with like 12 strikeouts have like a Danny Duffy 2016 game you know he has to do that to top that that game in 2020 all right so he's competing with himself for second best start this was the bet second best start of his career seven scoreless nine strikeouts zero walks four hits 70 strikes in 93 pitches dude like are you are you kidding me right now? Are you freaking kidding me right now? Are you serious? Yes, he threw the changeup. He threw the changeup several times. He didn't throw it a ton because Brady Singer doesn't have a great changeup. That has never been the thing for Brady Singer. It's never been about throwing the changeup like particularly well. It's not this knockout pitch or anything, but it is an additional offering which is going to make him more versatile versatile, and it's going to make him just more effective as a starting pitcher. You know, it's actually been kind of, um, I feel like it's kind of a testament to how talented Brady Singer is as a pitcher if he has had two kind of okay average seasons as a starter using just two pitches, basically. Like, he has decided to not throw the changeup for most, if not all, of his major league career, and he's been okay so far basically but now you get to see what happens when he does have a third pitch not even an amazing pitch again it's not a knockout pitch but he can use it you can use he can use it effectively he, he, he can mix it in with his other pitches and it's fantastic hitters have no idea what to do against it they have no idea what to do with him and it's not even just that he, you know, he threw the changeup whenever. Like, he was throwing that in the seventh inning when he was his third time, his third time way through the lineup. Yeah, whatever. Word, word salad. I think he even got a strikeout with it in the seventh inning. All right. He, the batters who have seen him for the third time are getting struck out by his changeup. Just, just Fantastic. It's phenomenal. Like, he had a phenomenal start. And let me just say, dude, if Singer is back, and if he even becomes decent, you know, if he's just back to, like, 2020, where he's, like, all right, not amazing, but, like, all right, man, the Royals are going to have a near-complete rotation. Suddenly, that's going to make everything so much better. Because as it is right now, the Royals have Zach Greinke and Brad Keller and Daniel Lynch. You, maybe Daniel Lynch is still a little early, but I, I'm confident in him with, with him. I think that he's going to be our third starter. Maybe not like technically our number three starter, but, you know, three starters. The Royals have three starters right now that they can rely on and be like, yeah, these are three major league starters. 
if Brady Singer can just be an all right pitcher, then he adds himself to that rotation. And now suddenly the Royals have four major league starters. All right. And back to Jonathan Heasley from what I was hinting at all the way like 20 minutes ago or so. Heasley is not too bad so far. Like that that start that he had yesterday, just five innings, three earned runs. You know what? That can work as your number five. Like if you have four average to above average pitchers in your rotation, you can afford to have a kind of okay, whatever, like not very inspiring number five guy. And even if it's not Heasley, there are still many options that the Royals can try out. They can, I don't know, maybe continue trying to do something with uh, uh, Carlos Hernandez or whatever. I've been saying they should just try Bolaños to have him fill in for a little bit. Chris Bubich can be back soon. Um, they, they, they still got guys in the minor leagues. They still have many guys that they can try for that number five spot, you know? So, but, but yeah, but Singer adding himself to this rotation and just making him the fourth starter that the Royals can actually rely on. That's just going to be so good for us. Like you need five starting pitchers. You at the very least need four starting pitchers to just do anything like if you even want to be an okay team you absolutely have to have four starters at the very least and the royals might be able to do that this season with granky keller lynch and now singer that just that makes me feel so much better than when it was just keller granky and lynch that's so huge that is just a huge difference for the royals so i don't want to like get my hopes up super high right now because you know it was just one start for singer okay and funny enough singer has had a a a a start of this caliber against the white Sox. the last time he started against the white Sox, like september late late in september very late in the season i actually went to this game just randomly um it was when he threw seven scoreless he had a seven i I think strikeouts, yeah, seven, maybe it was six, or maybe it was eight, I don't remember. But yeah, it was seven scoreless innings. It was like the best start of his of of the year for him. So that was great. So, you know, maybe Singer just matches up really well against this lineup. It's not like the White Sox have had a super deadly lineup because they seem to have a very similar issue with the Royals where they are not scoring uh, runners in scoring position very often. So, like, if you if you go over to the White Sox communities, man, they are they are fuming. They are very, very, very upset <laughs> with this team. But that's not my problem. Not not even gonna go there. So I'm just saying, like, I don't want to like invest too much stock into Singer right now. But just the way he pitched last night was absolutely fantastic, and just everything we needed right now like again this this it's it's like i said uh all the way in the beginning it's kind of hard to like say how exactly i feel about the royals because the first game was just so bad but then singer pitched so well it's like okay well there's something that we have <laughs> there's at least something good happened and then after singer we had colin snyder who came in who's you know, Colin Snyder is a guy who was like nails in April and in May he's not been super good. Is that a matter of just being overworked with the 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 frequency with the frequency 
that he's had to pitch out of the bullpen this season because the Royals don't have any starters that can go past five innings. Maybe, possibly. So he, yeah, he was uh, not looking great. Gave up a couple of hits. Gave up a third hit that uh, could have scored a second run because one run scored off of uh, two hits. Third hit comes around. Goes into left field. Andrew Benintendi gets it. He throws it home. MJ Melendez tags the runner. And it was a hard tag. Like, he just, like, like, like whoever the runner was, just, like, smashes into Melendez, spins him around, his face mask rips off, and MJ holds onto the ball. You know, for all the, all the crap that we've been giving MJ uh, for his performance behind the plate, um, as a catcher, not as a hitter. As a hitter, he's been fine. Um, and I haven't even mentioned the fact that MJ Melendez hit his first home run yesterday in in this same game that we're talking about. Well, obviously, because no one scored in the first game. But anyway, but credit where it's due for MJ. He had a fantastic play there by holding onto the ball. And it needs to be said, this is insane. He caught all 18 games. He caught all 18 innings. Yesterday, he was out there all nine innings for the first game, all nine innings for the second game. I assume that the the, the plan was to have Salvi catch the second game, but he couldn't because he got injured. So instead, it was just MJ. We had no one else. The, Carlos Santana is the emergency catcher because he's the only other guy on this team that has any ability as a catcher, but he's not a good catcher at all. He hasn't been a catcher since like 2012 or something (laughs) it would be really interesting to see that happen but no so mj catching all nine innings of both games wow like seriously credit to him that is difficult that is really difficult man it's probably suddenly it seems like it's a really good thing that he's had a lot of rest that he hasn't been playing a whole lot that he hasn't been catching a whole lot because yeah now you just put him through the ringer you put him through this really really long grueling day and again we still have a week's worth of games to go before we see an off day man this dude deserves a break already but it ain't no rest for the wicked i guess he's probably going to be back there tomorrow just Wow, that is a that is how you test a rookie, I guess. That is a lot to ask for. Sebastian Rivero is coming back up, of course. Uh, so hopefully he'll be around. He'll probably be around. Uh, he'll be probably be available. So what I imagine is they'll have MJ start as catcher, and then after the seventh inning or so, take him out and have Rivero uh, catch for the rest of the game. Then probably on Friday or. Yeah, Thursday, sorry. On Thursday, have Rivero catch that game because MJ probably deserves a rest. But yeah, shout-outs to MJ Melendez for holding on to this game and pit- and catching all 18 innings of yesterday and hitting a home run. He hit a home run, which is, you know, huge because the Royals only won by one run. So awesome, fantastic. I wasn't uh, done talking about the pitching because uh, Stamont came out in the ninth inning. He got the save. Looks fantastic. No complaints whatsoever. I love Josh Stamont. He's my guy. I have a lot of my guys on the team, but, you know, he's one of them. So, um, again, kind of talking about bullpen 
management and preservation, kind of like what I was saying with Piamps in the first game. Um, it's just so important to get as much as you can out of your starters and not use as many relievers as possible. Use as few relievers as possible. And today, the fact that the Royals had two full games and only used four relievers, that is awesome. That is really, really good. So, great job by Piamps for saving that first game by pitching three scoreless, and then Brady Singer going seven innings so that we only have to use two relievers afterwards. Yeah, just great job to these guys. Just great that we... It is really great that we did not have to use a ton of the bullpen. So, that's awesome. Um, Offense in game two, again, wasn't great. Was a... Was not very confidence-inducing or anything, but at least we won, partially thanks to that uh, that MJ Melendez home run. So that's cool. Uh, what was the other time that we scored? Yo, it was Michael A. Taylor who ripped a double. Because um, Eman- Eman- Emmanuel Rivera led off the inning. He got a double. He's someone else who's hitting, like, surprisingly well. Another guy that I really had no expectations of going into this season. But, wow, he's actually been uh, pretty good. And then uh, Michael A. Taylor got him home. So that that was the one time out of who the hell knows how many opportunities. (laughs) The the, the Royals were definitely one and something teen with runners in scoring position. That was the one. That Michael A. Taylor doubled. That was the one time we got someone... Um, we got someone home from scoring position. All the other something teen times, nope, no dice. So at least that one time was enough to be the difference maker. So we won a game. We won a game. That's great. I'm happy that we won a game. Thank God. Um, but yeah, still kind of frustrating little bit infuriating, but I think the most important thing is that Brady Singer pitched really, really well, which is just so important for the Royals. It's so important for this team. It's so important for this organization, even. you know. And it probably says something about what's going on at the major league level if Brady Singer goes down to AAA, kind of figures out what he needs to do down there as opposed to in the major leagues with, with our actual major league pitching coach. Because if the same thing is happening with Jackson Kowar, and I would like to remind you that Jackson Kowar's last start was quite good in Omaha, then, I mean, it's as clear as it gets. It's as clear as it gets as to what needs to happen with the Royals at the major league level when it comes to their pitching, when it comes to their instructing. But whatever happens, we'll get there when we get there. We'll talk about it. Maybe, potentially, um, I have to confess something. I forgot to remind you guys, or not even remind you guys, I forgot to tell you guys I'm actually going to be away for this weekend. What is it with me being away for, for weekends? I, I'm never away from the, for the weekend. I have no life. And suddenly, like every single weekend, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm popular. People want to do things with me. Uh, my mother is getting married and she lives in New York. She does not live in Kansas City. She moved to New York. 
So uh, I'm going to New York for a while. I will be gone from Thursday to Sunday. But even then, I'm not coming back until like overnight Sundays. So um, I'm probably not going to be able to do a podcast for a little while. Probably not even until like next Tuesday. Um, so I apologize in advance if this podcast goes a little bit quiet, and even if I go a little bit quiet on social media, might not be able to keep up with games as much as I would like. So, once again, it's, it seems very convenient that when the Royals are kind of doing bad, ooh, I just magically disappeared, but yeah, that's just, uh, what's going on. But in any case, I'll get back when I get back. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk then, and hopefully we'll have some good things to talk about, um... Yeah, but uh, as for this, uh, as for what's in, right in front of us, we have two more games against the White Sox today. It's going to be Zach Greinke versus Vince Velasquez, who is a a pitcher who has been who's bounced around a few different teams. He came through the Astros organization, then pitched with the Phillies for a while, and was just kind of like. He wasn't like maybe horrible, but he was certainly below average. And now he's bounced around a couple different places. He was with the Padres for a bit last year, and now he's with the uh, now he's with the White Sox. He has a five point five three ERA after six starts. So hopefully, uh, I, I shouldn't even say it. I shouldn't even say it. I'm not going to say what I want from the Royals because they're not going to give it to me. Odds are. You know what? Odds are Vince Velasquez is going to throw a complete game shutout because that would just make the most that would make the least amount of sense and simultaneously the most amount of sense. Same thing with uh, Dallas Keuchel, who is going to be pitching on Thursday's game. That'll be a day game. Dallas Keuchel uh, has struggled a little bit. Although maybe his ERA is a little bit inflated. He has a 5.54 ERA, um, just like Vince Velasquez, I think. Was that the same ERA? Weird. Oh, 5.53. My apologies. That's a huge difference right there. Well, Dallas Keuchel has a 5.54 ERA. However, that's probably because his second start was 10 runs, or rather 7 earned runs in one inning, so that has definitely uh, inflated things quite a bit. After that, he's actually had a 2.7 ERA after 4 games started, so you know, we'll we'll just have to see how this goes, I guess. We will just have to see. Like, the last time we saw Dallas Keuchel, it was actually when he was coming off the heels of that one inning start, and he threw 4 scoreless against us. So... Good luck, Royals. Have fun. Do your best. I believe in you. I'm sending you good vibes because Brady Singer has given me some good vibes. So, eventually we'll talk again. Hope you have a a good week, a good weekend. Hope you're taking care of each other and taking care of yourselves. Drinking some water, getting staying hydrated because it's going to get hot. If you want, you could probably go outside right now and get some water because it's going to storm like hell in a couple of hours for me, I think. Maybe maybe it'll maybe I'll miss it because I'm a little south of Cape... Uh, whatever, who cares. In any case, this is uh, that's going to do it for me. Uh, follow me on Twitter at RoyalDeluxePod or check out the email at RoyalDeluxePodcast at gmail.com. Send your feedback. Say hello. Whatever you want to do. 
I appreciate it. And also shout out to the Royals subreddit, r slash Casey Royals. Got some people on there who I think are pretty cool. Some fun discussions on there, even when we're uh, not doing too well. But that's, yeah. What, what, what can you do? What can you do but laugh? Laugh through the pain. Ha ha ha. It's so funny. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for making this ep- uh, podcast a part of your day. And I hope you're having a good one. So I am Lux and go Royals. Go. Go Royals. Do Do something. Do it right, Royals. Get some hits. Score some runs, Royals. You can do it. Ah...